So you may not know this. However, last year, Abby Doty, she's crazy. She's one of our students. She was a senior. Um, and she got it in her heart that it was something that God spoke to her. And she was like, I'm going to do it. She walked 28 miles in one day to bring awareness to the issue of human trafficking and the need to end modern-day slavery, right? And so she walked 28 miles with a bunch of other people. It was cold. It was raining. They ended. They started on Saturday morning, and they walked from Kankakee all the way to here, and they got here right before church started. It was cold. It was raining. They were freezing. They were sore, and they came in. And then she said at the end of that, that was awesome. Let's do it again this year. And so I want the team that she's rallied to walk this year to come out up right now. And so this is the team of students that is going to be walking. They're going to be, I'll let them tell you when, um, but this is the team. And so, um, so this is Abby and Kennedy, Annalise and Joy and Sam, that's my daughter, and Noah. And so it's so good to have you guys here, and I just wanted to just hear from you, because Abby, you're so quiet, I just want to be able to hear from you. Watch Nick's artwork, all right? Let's not knock that over. We'll put it over here. Tom, you can look at that while you play bass, all right? It'll inspire you. So, Abby, tell us when you're walking. We are walking this upcoming Saturday. So, this Saturday, November 2nd. Yep. And last year was 28 miles, and so how far are you walking this year? We are walking 50 miles. How many days? One. <laughs> and what time, if you're going to do that in one day, what time are you going to start walking? We're starting at 2 a.m. <laughs> what are you guys doing at 2 a.m. next Saturday? Sleeping, Sleeping right? These crazy fools are going to be walking. Awesome. So, um... You guys have been training. You guys have roped me into training with you guys. Well, Annalise has. And we've been walking a little bit. And they, when they train, let me just say, they don't just walk. They have, what we, what we do is, they do is rucking, which means they have anywhere from 20 to 25 pounds in their backpack because they're going to be walking with all of their supplies for the day in their backpack. And the more that they eat and drink, the lighter it gets but don't eat it all too fast, right? So what's the farthest that you guys have rucked so far? Um, a couple Sundays ago, we did 15 miles. 15 miles, yeah. and that was like over half of what you did last year. So how, do, how are you guys, I'll ask Kennedy, how did you feel <laughs> after 15 miles of rucking? My feet hurt really bad, and I <laughs> wanted to quit already, so. <laughs> are you gonna quit? No. Why, why, why is this a thing? Like, why are you guys doing this, Abby? What do you think? Um, I think it's a problem a lot of people don't know are happening around us. So to raise awareness for that and to show that anyone can step up and help raise awareness for that, even if it's something as simple as walking. So who told you to do this? Like, did, did somebody challenge you to do this? Did something happen? Like, what, did you just decide to do it? No, I think it was just something God kind of laid on my heart um, that I needed to step up and do. Mm. And then you roped these crazy people in with you. Yes, I did. <laughs> She's quiet, but she's persuasive, so that's so cool. Um, and so you have a goal to bring awareness to it, and then you also are trying to raise funds. Tell us about that. Mm -hmm. So we have a Facebook fundraiser. 
Um, it's under my name, Abby Doty, and we have a goal of $5,000. We've only raised a few hundred, so that's something so you that's guys can okay. help with. That's not okay, right? <laughs> right, that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I think what you got to see here with these guys is it's so cool to see people that are really following their heart and doing something in 50 miles um, it's crazy. We're, we, we need to have a driver that's following them the entire time, um, going really slow. Um, but we were going to have somebody with them the whole time. They're basically doing a loop, right? Um, they're doing like a big circle, and it's going to be awesome. I'll tell you, you can support them anytime that you want. Um, there's envelopes in the back of your chairs. You can mark it 50 milers or something like that. You can drop it in the joy boxes on either side. But I'll tell you this. If you were, you know, if you're, if you get mileage for work, right, you can deduct, you can get, like, reimbursed 58 cents per mile that you drive for work. I mean, if that is how you have it set up with your employer, which is awesome. So I, out of the generous generosity of my heart, I said that I will definitely give you guys 58 cents per mile, okay, from me, all right? That's like $28, so it's so good. But if the, if, if the government says that's okay, then what could we do to really support them? You know, a dollar a mile? I don't know. But Sarah and I are praying about what, it, what could, that could look like for us as well and see what could happen. So um, pretty cool, right? All right. Get out of here, you guys. We got to keep going. If I, did, I not, did I not love the kids out of the room yet? All right. Well, what we do, if there's any kids that are still just hanging out, waiting for me to do, whoops, sorry, waiting for me to do this. I count to three, you hoop and holler, the kids run out. One, two, three. We're trying to get back to this idea of getting together face to face and really managing and thinking about how much screen time we have. I mean, there's, there's part of our, our, our phone, some of our phones will tell us how much screen time we're having each day, but the goal is really to see. So over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this idea, and the first week, I talked about being known is greater than being liked. Being known is better, greater than being liked. So being known is really allowing someone to know you, someone that's going to be able to kind of be a good friend to you, and you can be a good friend to them. I mean, we have likes, and we have followers on on social media, but it's not real, it doesn't seem. Um, the second week, the second week, I, I talked about the idea um, that being known, if we're going to be known, how do we become known? The way that we become known is by telling our story. And some of us have parts of our story that we don't want to tell or we don't feel like we can tell because it's rough. And we talked about the idea of, hey, sometimes we got to talk about Egypt and how God brought us out of it. And that was the work that week, to really understand our story and to be able to tell that well, and not to necessarily sugarcoat the hard parts, but to find Jesus in those hard parts, allow him to show us how he's redeeming that so that maybe someone else can find freedom in their Egypt as well. So that's telling our story. Week three, week three was, was great. We talked about this, um, this idea of the source of your resource is in your relationships. It was a miracle that uh, occurred with a widow Elisha told her to go get jars from her neighbors and start pouring the oil. And that miracle was literally capped. It was limited by what the neighbors gave her. Scripture says that when 
the jar, last jar was filled, the oil stopped flowing. There was so much oil that she was able to pay off all of her debt and still live off of the rest. The source of your resource is in your relationship. And so I, I've been wondering a little bit about, all right, so is this really relevant? Is it really something that we're talking about? So I wanted to really make sure that we don't just read scripture, try to apply it, but that we experience it. And so a couple weeks ago during that jar week, we, uh, we had these cards that we handed out. And on one side it said, I have and I need. And you were all encouraged to write down something that you have that you could give. And you're all encouraged, if you needed something, to write down what you needed. Fascinating. We've already started to connect some of you together because what we thought is that maybe in the room, the scripture of our neighbor having something that we need for our miracle could actually be present. And so we, we tried that. And what we did over the last week or two is we put together a list. And these, li- these uh, pieces of paper will be available to you out in the foyer area. Um, but this, is, this side is list of items available. So this is everything that people wrote down that they have. I will say this. There's a few very interesting things in here. But then on the back are the list of needs. This is what people said. This is what I need. We've already connected some people that said, I can help you find a job with somebody who needed a job. Somebody who needs help with their investment with somebody that can help them with their investment. And here's the best part about this. This is as far as I go. Well, I have one more step, but I'm going to stay out of the middle of it. And we are as a church. On the bottom, it tells you how to connect. If there's something on the list of things that are available that you could use, and it could be something that God would supply to you, all you do is text the number down here with the corresponding um, number, and we will then connect you with the person's information to get that thing. On the back, if this is something that you can provide for, these are the list of needs. If you're like, you know what, I have what they're looking for, you can text the letter of that that item, and we'll connect you with that person that that needs that. So these will be available in the foyer. I'm already believing and already seeing God begin to work a miracle in people's lives. Are you guys down? Good, we're still awake. This is amazing. So then last week, (laughs) last week was amazing. It was our fourth week, and we talked about words create worlds. And we talked about what it means to be a true friend and what it means, what kind of words are used when friends are really connected and deep. And we talked about words creating worlds of negativity and lack and scarcity and self-esteem issues, or words creating worlds of positivity and encouragement and faith and believing and And then I had this challenge to use words of life for 24 hours straight. Now, words of life, what we talked about, um, this is a phrase my wife uses all the time, but um, she talked to, she, we talked about last week the idea that words of life are encouraging words, sweet words, as scripture kind of talks about. And they're also sometimes sharp. Iron sharpens iron. Sometimes the words that we, we feel or we share or have shared with us are these encouraging, sweet words that edify us and help us really to really have the confidence to keep going. And sometimes the words that are shared with us from a good friend are sharp, meaning that they're, they're maybe more of a challenge. Maybe something that's a little harder for us to hear, but it's still truth we need to hear. Fair? 
Now, those are the words of life. So words of life didn't mean that what we needed to do was use like positive, encouraging, sweet words all the time. We could still have hard conversations by having words of life. But then there was these other things that happened. So let me tell you, I took the challenge and I attempted to use words of life for 24 hours straight. And the way that we worked it was if you screwed up and you're like, you called somebody stupid or, you know, what, how could somebody be so stupid as to leave the scissors out, you know? Just start over the next day. And then Sarah got all mad at me. My wife got mad at me because she's like, Joe, then they're just going to use like negative words the rest of the day. They need to reset right then and there and then go 24. I'm like, okay. So that helped me. And I tried. And it was rough. <laughs> like I, I, I needed to reset last week during the message because the way I was talking to you guys, I was like, okay, that's not encouraging. Wow. But here's the thing. The thing that really messed me up the most was simply one word, sarcasm. Oh, man. I was just like, and then joking. Like, I basically can't tell a joke. Like, I can't, I can't like, poke fun at anybody because usually it's like, I love you, and the way that I'm going to show you that I love you is that I'm going to make fun of you for a second. And so it was rough. It was rough. How'd it go for you? How many of you say, like, it was rough? Maybe you're elbowing your spouse and being like, remember when you tried and it didn't work? It was rough. Today, here's what I did. I created a week of tension for us because last week was like, you go try. Use words of life for 24 hours. You got this. Get that effort up and you can do it. Yeah. And in the back of my mind, I was like, it's going to be rough. And we created a week of tension. And today is about, why is it so rough? Why is it so rough? The good news is, is that Jesus tells us exactly why it's rough. And it was there, I just didn't tell you last week. So this week, we're going to come at it a little bit differently. Luke 6.45 says this. Jesus says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Wait for it, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. We could leave right now, couldn't we? We could leave right now. Jesus, keep that up there. Like, too quick. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The reason it's so rough is not because, just because the word's coming out of your mouth, it's because of what's in your heart. Now, here's how we roll. What we do is this, is, this is how, I was just talking to somebody yesterday morning about this. Well, you'll know who it is if I say this. Uncle Joe, when I was at school, I was doing so great. And then somebody made fun of me, and then I responded with something really harsh. It was their fault that I said what I said. And isn't that what we do? We blame what somebody else says to us or what somebody else um, presents to us, an issue, a struggle, something that they come at us with, mean-spirited, things that they manipulate or that they work into their advantage, things that happen. And then because of that, 
we react and we say what we're going to say. And the reason we say we say that is because of what they did, what they said, what they manipulated. We point to them and say, now, I know that I've done that. How many of you have ever done that? Too, is that too close to home? How many of you have ever known someone else to do that? Okay, I need to drive this home. We're going to do a little illustration. I need, I need a person that can hold a bin. I don't know where my bin is. Here it is. A bin is super light. So I just need you to hold the bin. Eagle up, yes. All right, good. Now I need someone <laughs> to get in the bin. That would be hilarious. I need someone that can um, hold a balloon. Okay, cool. Hi, how's it going? Think you can handle it there, big guy? Okay. Yeah. All right, you're going to hold the, the, the balloon in, in front of her. Now I need someone, a third person, that can pop the balloon. All right, Hannah. Ha I saw Hannah move first. Sorry, bro. All I have for you is a very safe pen to pop the balloon. Okay, are you guys ready for this? Deep breath. All right, Hannah, I need you to pop the balloon and simply because we shouldn't be on our phones, I'm going to take a picture. All right, so, or actually we'll do video. Yeah, yeah, just pop it. You're really gonna have to go, because it's just a pen, you know, so. I don't know, does anybody have a knife? Anybody wanna admit that they have a knife? Oh, Ben, Ben, coming in strong. Now the, now the reason he has a knife is because he's a scout. Okay, please be careful. Why, can you not hold it like that? Like, that's very, like, aggressive. It's a balloon. Yes, just gently, just, just pop the balloon, Hannah. There you go. Yay. Okay, good. All right, class. What came out of the balloon? Ooh, you guys are on it. All right, balloon number two. Balloon number two. Oh boy, this guy. Okay, you probably don't want to cradle it, all right? Okay, now here's the thing. Time out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Bin here. Balloon here. No. Hold on. No, bin lower. All right. Class, what came out of the balloon? balloon? Balloon number three. All right, balloon number three, bend down, balloon up. All right, here we go. Hold on. 
what came out of the balloon? Shaving cream. Awesome. Give it up for these three amazing volunteers. We found out in first service that this bin leaks, so that's awesome. We'll just put that over here, away from the electronic stuff. So let's talk about this. When we blame people for what comes out of our mouth, it's like blaming the knife that there's shaving cream in the balloon. So when you, when you do that, it doesn't make any sense, right? Whatever is happening, did the knife create tension for the balloon? Yeah. Did the knife create, like, pierce the balloon? Yes. Did the knife end up bursting the balloon? Yeah. But the, but the knife was not responsible for the water or the air or the shaving cream. What's in you is what comes out when all of that happens. Fair? Next week, we, we kick off a series on Nehemiah. And I was praying about how do we connect this week to next week. We're going to do 52 days. I'll talk about it later. And it's going to be exciting. And I, I literally was saying, okay, I need to look at the book of Nehemiah, find out, and kind of like doing through, through the study. A lot of folks, a lot of scholars, and you, you may not know this, believe that Ezra and Nehemiah may have been one book at one time. So I think we need to understand a little bit about the context of what we're about to jump into. If you have a Bible and you want to follow along, we're going to look at Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. I'm literally going through the meat of this message is on one verse. And it's so fascinating to me because of the way that it addresses exactly what we're talking about. Because I think the concept that we all have heard before and maybe understand is that, yeah, I guess I needed that reminder. The reason why it's hard for me to use words of life is because of not the words actually coming out of my mouth, but it's because of what's in my heart that's creating that momentum. And so I get that. But what happens when we focus on our words and what's in our heart, more specifically? What happens when we focus on that? I want to show you something from Ezra chapter 1, verse 1, that really got my attention. Heavenly Father, when we look at your word, you are the, the teacher and we are the student. God, we are not the ones that really have much to say about this. We don't really, we can't even control our, our mouths and our words for 24 hours. And so, God, we need you to speak to us in your word right now. In Jesus' name. Ezra 1, 1, we're just going to step through it. Um, the first part of this verse says, In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia. Cyrus, king of Persia. Who is this guy? The most influential, powerful person in the entire known world. He has taken over Babylon. He has taken over Persia. He is all of this territory, all of this realm. He is the most powerful person in the world. And then it says, in the next part of the verse, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah. What's about to happen is awesome because it's a prophecy that's going to be fulfilled through the Persian king who does not serve God. He serves other gods, but what's about to happen is amazing. It says this, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia. This non-believing, not, he's not uh, a child of God, he's not a part of Israel, he is just the most influential, powerful man in the known world. God moves in his heart, and what happens? God moves in his heart to make a proclamation 
throughout his, his realm. And not only does he make a proclamation, does he speak it, but he also put it in writing. That's Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. And when I saw that, and you see this all, this whole verse together, the king of Persia, the most influential, powerful man in the world, God uses him to fulfill the words of Jeremiah. And he moves in his heart, and it causes him to speak and to write it down. And what we need to understand is what triggered, what was triggered by him doing this. What did God start to make happen? Three things. The number one thing, right after this, he says, I want the, the people of Israel to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. So that's what he funds them, he, he directs them, and he sends them back to Jerusalem. And there's a guy with a really funny name that rebuilds the temple. His name is Zerubbabel. He's the kind of the leader of that. And that's awesome that this king who doesn't believe, and he might have had, have had some interesting motives because he may have wanted to like create some power centers around in his realm so that he had you know, some goodwill with the people of God, the, the, the nation of Israel, that they might have a temple and that they would trust him and they would serve him. But no matter what, God fulfills the prophecy through him. The second thing that it triggers about 60 years later is that Ezra himself brings the people back to God, and he does that through the word of God. Ezra literally is triggered by Cyrus as well. And then the third thing is that about 12 or 15 years later, Nehemiah comes and rebuilds the wall. There's three things that get triggered because King Cyrus, who doesn't believe in God, he was moved in his heart out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and he spoke it, and it happened, and then he wrote it down. It doesn't matter if you're a believer or if you follow God for all your life. It doesn't matter if you've never put your faith and surrendered to God and made a covenant relationship with Christ. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And so Zerubbabel builds the temple. Ezra brings the people back to God through God's word, and Nehemiah rebuilds the walls. Nehemiah will be next week. What I want you to do this week, if it's good enough for the king and the most influential person in the world at that time who didn't serve God, it's good for us. Here's what I want you to do. I want us this week. Last week, you were focusing on your words, and it was rough, and I understand. And now we know why. It's because we are looking at our own effort to try to control our words. But now we know what we need to do is we need to pay attention to what God is stirring in our heart. We need to pay attention to that still, small voice that's in our, our heart. And I want you to ask, God, what are you saying to me? What are you moving in my heart? What are you kind of nudging me to do? What is my next step? And then after you pay attention this week, I want you to do two things and two things only. I want you to tell someone. I want you to proclaim it the way he did. And the second thing, I want you to write it down. That's my challenge to you this week, that you would pay attention, yes, to the words, but more so to the heart of what's behind your words and what God is saying to you. And I want you then to tell a trusted friend, and I want you to write it down. Because telling someone and writing it down, it kind of locks it in. 
It kind of locks it in. So when you have a hard day and when it, you're, you're kind of getting all this garbage thrown at you that life throws at you, you can go back to what you wrote down and back to that friend and be like, you know what? No, I don't really care what the devil's throwing at me today because I'm going to let it bounce off of me because I know this is what God's doing in my heart. Are you guys understanding? I can't make it any more simple. Tell someone and write it down. We get so focused on what's happening to us. Well, this person said this, and this person said that, and this person did this, or this person didn't do that. That we have, at best, lowered the priorities of what's happening in us. We have prioritized what's happening to us, and we've ignored what God's doing in us. And so that's my challenge today. Here's what I believe with all my heart is that God is speaking to you and you can hear him. God is stirring in your heart and you can hear him. What God is speaking to you is unique to you. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Some of you, you don't serve God. It's cool. That's fine. You know what he's telling you? He's like, I'm here. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you done trying on your own? Because now we can do this thing together. He's speaking to every one of us, and you can hear him. So many times I talk to people, and if I ask you this, I'm sorry, but it just kind of this happens sometimes. Like, hey, what's, what's God saying to you right now? What's God telling you? By and large, it's, it's really hard to answer that question, right? Because we don't pay attention. And yet I believe that God's speaking. And I believe that, he, that you can hear him. Next week, we kick off this series. And it's going to be more of this. And I, we have been planning this. And we have devised several di- different opportunities for you to connect in and to lock in to this 52 days. It took Nehemiah 52 days to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And so this campaign that we're starting next week on November 3rd is called Change Your World in 52 Days. And so we've designed all kinds of things to work together to allow you to kind of lock in this concept and see God change your world in 52 days. And so here's what we've got. Number one, next slide. We've got the weekend services. You guys know this. You're here right now, but I'm going to tell you, don't miss. Because every single week, it's going to be stepping through the story of Nehemiah, and it's going to be applying it to our lives. So this is a picture from our Saturday night service last night. If this is, if Sunday's hard for you some weeks, come on a Saturday night at 5. But weekends are going to be designed to really lock in this idea of changing your world in 52 days. The second thing is that we have growth groups. Now, most of the growth, growth groups were, were um, scheduled to go for four weeks, and they've completed that. Some of the growth groups are choosing to continue. Some of the growth groups haven't even formed yet because y'all haven't gotten together yet. And what I'm going to do, what you'll notice is that that's Sarah and I on the, on the TV, and this is a, a group from Olivet, and they're awesome. And so what we'll continue to do is record a video for you that asks the questions for your group to talk about. So you guys can, it'll be on YouTube, you guys can access that whenever you want. You can go ahead and get your family together and watch us. I'll be goofy, but I'll get you to the point at some point. And we'll, you guys can talk about what God's doing and what that passage in Nehemiah is talking about. This week, we're going to be talking about Ezra. 
So growth groups, organic. If you want to get together with your family, friends, whatever, you guys can just get together and make it happen. It'll be available to you, and it'll be super, super easy. The next thing is that we have uh, an equip class that will start next Sunday. What is that? That's a specific time at 11 o'clock during this service when we will have Jim and Angie Martin in that crossing room that's a corner room back there. Well, they'll be leading a discussion around this idea of changing your world in 52 days. It'll be a little different than a growth group. It'll be really good. So you can come to 9 o'clock and then go to the equip class. And the last thing that we'll offer you guys that you can kind of deepen your walk this next run are soul workouts. Soul workouts are coming back. If you don't know what that is, basically, next slide, there's, there's like a, a warm-up, a round one, round two, round three. It's kind of a unique way to do a, de a devotion or some time with God. It takes 10 to 15 minutes to do it. Um, I'm building a website for it. It's, it's in construction right now. It'll be ready next week, and we're going to have 52 soul workouts ready to go. And every single day, you can sign up to get a text that brings you to the link that's online. Our students, every single Wednesday night at 6.30, they start their night with a soul workout. And they are just ready to go. They know what it's, what it's all about, and they get in there, and it's really something that they've become accustomed to doing. I believe that if you were to lock into all of these things, you come on the weekend, you, you attend a growth group, get into the class and do the soul workouts, your life will completely be different at the end of the 52 days. This campaign opens on Sunday of next week. You'll be able to text at that point and get signed up. But here's the thing. If you start next Sunday, 52 days later, later you will complete the 52 days, and it will be Christmas Eve. It's almost like we planned it. So... I want you guys to prayerfully consider engaging. You don't have to come here as a home church to do the soul workouts. You don't have to live in the area. You can tell your family and friends wherever they live that they can lock into these things and get a text from, from us about those things. But we really believe, here's what I know to be true. And I'm talking to the people in the room, and we're going to have the band come up, so I stop talking. We have people in the room, and I've been there myself. What we do is we are walking around here, and we have a huge wall around us because this whole I, like you cannot wait for me to be done with this series about getting face to face and building relationships together because you've built up such a wall you don't trust people you don't believe that it can really happen and here's what's what I'm going to tell you there is so much opportunity for you to start new today there's weekend services, and you're like, hey, you know what, I'll go when I can, but I might sleep in, I might want to go to lunch or whatever, and it bounces off of you. And then this equipped class, I don't know, 11 o'clock, that seems kind of, I don't know, I don't know Jim and Angie that well, I don't know, and that bounces off of you. And the growth group thing, it's busy, I get to work, you know, I, I get to work early, and it's hard, and I don't know, these people, their house, it's kind of odd, and it bounces off of you. And then the soul workouts, wow, that's going to get really up in my business, because it's going to come to my phone, I'm not sure I'm ready for that, and it bounces off of you. What I'm asking you to do right now as the band begins to play these three songs is do you really want to change? I mean, we're working hard, man. We're working hard. And I believe that if we all grab hold of this and we make this run for 52 days, I can't imagine what your life will look like at the end. And this week, as we, as we really pay attention to what's in our heart, it perfectly tees up next week where we kick off the Nehemiah series. And so my encouragement to you today is maybe you're, you're thinking, you're, you're feeling in your heart, you go, yeah, Joe, and I look in there, man, I'm not sure I like what I see. 
I'm not sure I like this. My, my heart feels a little dark right now. It feels a little lonely, a little empty. I'm telling you right now, God is here. We prayed for you last night at the Saturday night service. We literally prayed for you that you would have the faith and you would take the step to put your trust in Jesus and say, you know what, I'm done. I surrender. And he gives you a new heart. And scripture says that the old is gone and the new has come. And he redeems you. And he saves you. people may not recognize the words coming out of your mouth because all of a sudden it's going to be different. Maybe that's something that you need to focus on today. But no matter what, I hope that the next few songs allow us the time to really investigate our heart. What is God saying to you? Because what he's saying to you is unique and what is in your heart sets you apart from the person next to you. God is not saying the exact same thing to anyone in the room, any two people, but he's saying something unique to you. What is that? Let's stand. Heavenly Father, Lord, forgive us for racing through our time in your word. And forgive us for ignoring what you're doing in our hearts. For some of us, we've been ignoring it for months, if not years, decades. And so God, we, we're going to pay attention in the next few minutes. And God, as we sing, we pray, God, that you would soften our heart. That you might use a Persian king who didn't serve you as an example of what you could do through us. How much more could we accomplish for your kingdom, Lord God? Lord, help us to follow that that whisper, that stirring, that move. And Lord, we will trust you, Lord God. And maybe in the next few minutes, we're going to get some words for that. Maybe in the next few minutes, we need to find a quiet spot in the warehouse, kind of peel off out of our seat somewhere and get alone with you to really focus on what you're saying to us. Lord, I pray right now, God, that we would start to get words for what it is, start to get words, start to be able to speak it out, start to be able to write it down so we can lock it in. And God, we will praise you, we will glorify you. In Jesus' name. So here's the deal. For some of you, it's, it's, uh, it's game over for ignoring God's voice in your heart. And some of you, I, the way God's economy works, I don't get it, but something supernatural happens when you speak words out to him in surrender and you create a covenant relationship with him it's it's i don't understand how it works but scripture is clear when we give our heart over to him something supernatural happens and our life changes we become new and maybe that's you today i would just encourage you if you're willing to pray with me right now to yourself or out loud heavenly father right now god i'm kind of done ignoring your voice Lord, it's really hard to hear it sometimes because of all the stuff that I've allowed into my my heart and my life. But God, right now, I'm cutting through all of that, and I'm saying to you right now, God, I want you to come into my heart. I know that you're going to have to clear some furniture. You have to clean some space up. Lord, you can go into any part of my heart. Lord, I need you to clean it up. And Lord, I want to work with you on that. Lord, I want you to work in me to see that happen in my life. Lord, I don't really know what you're speaking to me right now, but I do know this, that I need to surrender and stop trying on my own. God, I just want you in my heart. I just want you. I need help. I'm ready. 
I don't know what the next step is, but all I know is I need you, and I need you now. And so, Lord, teach me to love you more. Teach me to surrender more. Teach me to take the next step. Teach me not to ignore your voice anymore. And, Lord, I will serve you, and I will see you change my world because of it. And, Lord, I pray for all of us this week as we go that second place, that we would be light in dark places, that we would use words of life, that we would listen for the words of life that are being spoken over us by God himself. When we hear voices of negativity and condemnation, may we know that those are not the words of God. May we listen for the words of life that come from God himself. And when we need help, may we turn to his word to hear him speak to us over and over and over again. Through the words that have been written down by many, many people who have gone before us. We thank you, God, for this. We thank you for this week. We thank you for allowing us to focus on our heart this week, and we give it to you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Get after it.